Yo, what's good, people? It's Tendo. And Bumi here. Welcome to another episode of Rooted and Established. We had the pleasure of having Jessica Mensah and Esther Renee Walker on today's episode, in which we spoke about representation and the impact of media narratives. Renee is a writer and director who has produced 56 Black Men, shortlisted for Evcom's Focus Award, and Double Edged, selected for Newham Rising Shorts. Jessica is a director, creative producer, and interviewer who has directed for numerous theatres and is passionate about creating opportunities for emerging artists. Sweet, that sounds exciting. Let's get into this one then. So yeah, like one of the first features that um, we've got is called What's Happening at the Root. And this is essentially where we try and find out like a little bit more about our guests. Um, oh. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a sentence and I want you guys to finish it off in whatever way you think suits you. So we start with you, Jessica. Oh God, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> when I want to pick myself up, I... Oh, when I want to pick myself up, am I meant to repeat it as well, yeah? Um, well, however you, however you see fit, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. yeah. yeah. When I went to pick myself up, I treat myself. So I'd probably go find something to eat. Okay. <laughs> Chill. Yes. Yeah. What sort of stuff do you like to eat? Oh, I actually, my favourite dish is like plantain and bean stew. So okay. I love that. And yeah. I love anything sort of comfort food based. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, like kind of like warm, like sort of stews and things like that. Because mm-hmm. it's just, I just like feeling warm and having yes. a dessert as well. So yeah. I love my little cakes too. Yeah. So yeah. I love that. I love so that. I love my kind of treat. All right. What about you, Renee? When I want to pick myself up, I... When I want to pick myself up, I will find content that I enjoy, like, whether it be a YouTube video or, like, a film. Mm-hmm. I was going to say I pray, but I was like, Renee, let's just... <laughs> 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 no, it's Sunday. It's Sunday, you're allowed. <laughs> We're not going to judge. <laughs> you know, I was like, let me not try and sound all, like, <laughs> safe. I am safe, though, praise God. But, um, praise God. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll say I, I watch content that I enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, it could be, like, my favourite YouTuber. It could be, like, a short film. It could be mm. something on Netflix. But just something to just, yeah. Or music. I listen to music. Yes. I just, like, yeah. start dancing mm. in the kitchen, pretend I'm a music video. And just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on. You know the vibes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's good. No, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, obviously, like, the reason why we wanted to get you guys on in particular is because the media informs a lot of like how we think and like how we interpret a lot of things. Like people will present stuff and represent like different groups um, like on screen or on stage. And obviously like, especially even within like the last year, like um, Black Lives Matter and all that sort of stuff. I guess there's this kind of been this idea that representation is kind of more about being seen. Um, Mm -hmm. And that if we just stick like an ethnic minority like on the stage as like the lead role then it's like yeah, yeah cool like there mm. you go sort of thing um and yeah so like i guess we all know that like representation isn't just about like being seen but actually having like the right story and your story told yeah um and a lot of that is to do with like i guess like how you portray like the narratives and whatever it is that you're presenting so yeah like in in you guys opinion like why do you guys think that certain groups are presented in a particular way and yeah in a way that doesn't necessarily present like the whole truth like from like your experiences having 
yeah written and directed like different projects um do you do you, ha- do you have like an opinion on like why certain narratives are kind of pushed more than others essentially I think, just speaking from the top of my head, mm. I think in terms of what you first asked, in terms of like why certain, I think going back to what you're talking about, about pushing, like, okay, yeah, we know that there's an issue about representation within the industry. Mm-hmm. And I think through the pandemic, I think everyone can sort of agree that ever since the George Floyd movement, it feels like every institution is sort of woken up and gone, okay, yeah. cool, yeah, we need to like, racism is yeah. a thing. We yeah, need to yeah, like yeah. support our <laughs> black brothers, black sisters and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think as you were saying, I think, sometimes it, it it does come down to i guess some narratives that people aren't happy about mm-hmm. is because of the people who are behind it mm-hmm. so i think as you said it's one thing to just get somebody who's an ethnic minority and just put them in a room but it's a difference if they're actually the leader making the decisions make yeah. let's say if they were if they were me if they were a director yeah. it's a bit different because then it's like okay that's from my perspective mm-hmm. and that's the kind of story i want to tell yeah but um i think it's i think also being on quite a few boards myself and then i think even last year with the whole george floyd thing i didn't want to Sometimes people are asking me to like sort of speak at events mm. or like sort of discussions about what we could do to make it better. And sometimes I kind of felt like I am passionate about it, but I don't want to do it in this climate mm. because it kind of feels like it's just because everybody's doing it. We must all do it. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Like yeah. I actually wanted to be part of conversations. So it's like, OK, we have the conversation, but we're actually making a movement or it actually does affect the people who it does affect. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm going a bit off tangent. No, 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 keep but going, yeah, keep I think going, yeah. I feel like, yeah, so I think. I think it does come down to who's in charge of it, who's in charge of telling that story mm-hmm. for putting it back into sort of the theatre context. And yeah. what, if it's the right, like, what are they writing about? Have they gotten the, if they're trying to do an authentic story, mm-hmm. have they actually yes. gotten the right people in place? Because I'm also of the view that, it's a bit tricky. I think like some people do say that if you are, so let's say you're a white director and you want to direct a piece about black experience, some mm-hmm. people will be like, uh, no, you can't do that because you're not black, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I also feel that, I also feel like, depending on the piece as well, I think that white director can do their research and find the right people in the room to help them make yeah. that story, yeah, which definitely. I don't think is wrong either. Yeah. So yeah. I think it just comes down to like, I guess the people who are in place and what they're doing yeah. to make that story come through. Yeah. And I guess also what, yeah, what kind of, depending on the institution, what kind of stories do they want to hear about? Because mm. every institution sort of has its own mission and its yeah. own values, yeah. trying to get funding as well. So I feel like, yeah. There's a whole, there's a whole, like, there's a lot to uncover, but yeah, I'll leave that yeah, there for now. Yeah. What about you, Renee, yeah. like, on that question of, like, yeah, why certain narratives are pushed more than others? I think just summarise it or you know, like, the whole thing you said was just perfect, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that, um, I think, like, we have to kind of understand that it's a business as well. So it's yeah. not just about, like, hey, like, I really want to root for, like, I don't know, um, Lupita to be in this role, that's the first person that came to my mind, but like, Mm -hmm. there's a business side behind it that is like, more strategic and a bit more clinical than, Mm -hmm. you know, um, discussions and Twitter debates and uh, like, Instagram protests and stuff like that. So I think that, that's what I forget, that I'm like, dang, like, Michaela Cole's done it, like, why is not everyone like, doing their thing? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, it's not as easy, like, the things that she, she fought the, the way she fought to get that show and mm. her journey even beforehand is completely unique and I really think it's the grace of God as well but like mm. it's completely unique and there's a lot of barriers that she's had to like you know really push through and also like there's a lot of things that she probably like insidious that we don't see that's that's taken place so yeah yeah the, the reason why we don't have loads of shows like I May Destroy You and stuff like that is because mm. there's a business to it that's a bit more kind of clinical um mm. that um it's, yeah, they're, they're pushing certain like narratives, and it's just like it's not really about like the discuss. I don't know. I've I've never been into like a boardroom like meeting. I've never had the the privilege to do that. But yeah. I imagine that 
it's it's not more like oh I really you know I I saw a Twitter thread and I just thought we really need to get a, we need to get a dark skin actress there. They're more like right guys. So um, what's really hot right now is racy yeah. thriller mm. dramas. Right, we want we want we want sexy. We want this. We want that. And it's yeah. like yeah. that's what they will push forward. Opposed to like yeah. them, you know, really listening. And they do listen to people, but it's also what makes their money. All of the all of those components yeah. mm. have is, a role. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that there's that aspect as well. But I also feel like. Um, I also there's so like I've just discovered through doing my podcast I've just discovered there's actually loads of black female artists mm. like there's actually quite there's quite a bit of like writers and directors and producers and I'm just like they 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 need the space and they need the mm. the access to be able to make these things they they're, they're really like just kind of I won't say left but I feel like they're really doing well in terms of like independent film I, mm. I'm seeing a progression in there yeah. but I'm just like in terms of like mainstream and 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 blockbuster where are they and it's like um they they need space they need access and they need people to believe in them and unfortunately there's people higher up that can yeah. only yes. give them the access and i'm all about you know make your own you know like what michaela done make your own kind of like lane and stuff like that but yeah. it's not it really isn't as plain as like i'm just going to go yeah. up there and just it, it's so much more insidious and complex than that so that's mm. what i'd say yeah. why we're lacking that that representation sort yeah. of yeah i guess it's interesting because like how both of you kind of mentioned like that there's a lot more to it than just I guess like picking people to turn up, but there's other factors like what you're talking about, like how it's a business essentially. Mm. Um, like, can I, like how how long have you guys been like writing and like directing for? I guess I guess as a career, two years now because I left uni two years ago. Yeah. But since I was like I've been I guess interested in the arts since I was young, mm-hmm. but taking it as a profession professionally for two years now. Mm. So yeah. And what about you, Renee? Do you know what? I'd really just say like maybe a a year okay. or even less yeah. than that. I'm still very much. I I don't even think I'm really in the industry. I'm just peeking in and sneaking yeah, yeah, into yeah, places. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd honestly say that. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess like with the experiences that both of you had, like there's still experience there. Like from what you've kind of seen, how difficult or how hard do you think it is to like not kind of like assimilate to the like being shaped and molded by like. Mm. what you can already see what the, yeah. yeah yeah i got you mean like i think your question makes me think about like this is something i always think about as well because as um esther said it because it is a business and it feels like you have to sort of be reaching all these targets and stuff like that unless you go oh you know i forget i'm gonna make my own company or do my own thing because then mm. you have the what's the words the agency to do what you want yeah and i think i've starting off i think it's sometimes it can be hard when you're an early year sort of artist or creative mm. because you're kind of i think one thing in my work has been like i don't want to be boxed in it's like because at the moment because it's like at the moment because of my experiences i'm interested in sort of the black british experience yeah. and just yeah. making sure that there's like sort of black females and stuff like that but mm. i'm also like that's not the only kind of work i want to like i want to be making like at the moment it is because of mm-hmm. racism because of my experiences mm. and i feel like sometimes i get nervous of saying that in serenes because i was like oh, I don't want people to just box me in because I'm still exploring what else I like. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah. So you're kind of going, okay, I don't want to be boxed in, but I know this is important and I care about this. Mm. And maybe it is when I w- what I want to make, but I don't know just yet, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's whenever I, I've gone to so many interviews where it's been like, okay, cool. If I am applying for a company, I'm looking at, okay, what are their values? Does it align yes. with what I believe in? Mm. But then it's also like every, everything I say, the work they see me do, whether people like it or not, they are judging you based on what you can produce. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah. So it, I feel like sometimes it's so hard and I'd rather people just like, 
that's why I always say, like, for me, when I decide what play I want, it's more like, okay, what's the story? How mm-hmm. does it resonate with me? And how can I sort of make it happen? Yeah. So I think sometimes it's so hard to not feel like, okay, I'm being pigeonholed and this is what it is. Yeah. And I'm very, I always just think about, okay, who I am? How do I explain the kind of work I like? Mm-hmm. Which I also think is hard to explain. And I hate that question sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what do you like to make? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just a director. Let me, right, <laughs> let me do what I want to do. cross that one out. You know? Later <laughs> just on, that cross question. that one out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> yeah um and also like i guess with both of you like where you are now because i'm i'm surprised I, I was thinking you guys would be like yeah like for five like five years you know i've been in my lane doing my thing because the work <laughs> you guys put out like is very impressive yeah um, oh, thank yeah you. but i guess yeah especially with because it's not only like in terms of the arts and everything but media itself like whether it's the news and like the narratives that people are writing there can be very harmful and I guess for both of you like what kind of growing up what um like how did the media impact you like whether it was the arts like the representation that you had um because I know like personally I wanted to see myself being reflected in movies which is obviously something that we're only seeing of late but Growing up, really, for me, it was just like, I loved Cinderella, but Cinderella was nothing <laughs> like me, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting one, actually. Like, yeah, like, when you say Cinderella was nothing like me, was that solely because, like, she was white? Yeah, I mean, I know, obviously, that's a fairy tale. She's a princess, but, yeah. I mean, I didn't have Disney Channel, but even on <laughs> other things, like, it was rare. You you always get just the sprinkle of something that kind of reflects the life that you live mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah I, I guess it does shape us as, as children like I'm sure you know like we, we were all trying to act like this this one person on you know a show but yeah for you guys how oh, did yeah. it impact you and how you know where you're at now as as directors and writers actually yeah that's a really good question I think um I think yeah I, I think there was a a, a massive lack of representation in the TV shows and films that we were, we've, we've grown up watching. I mean, we had, that's, I think, I think America was the place to find your, find your mm, representation. Yeah. That's a raven, yeah, 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 a yeah. girl. There was, but when it comes to like black British, it was non, very much non-existent. And yeah. I think that maybe the need for me standards, but cool, blimey, that is, <laughs> that is lacking. Do you know what I mean? That's, like, a, that that's, is bad. that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> a whole Denise for me standards like boy y'all gotta do better so um yeah I think that um I think it's African-American television sitcoms and stuff is where I kind of found myself the most mm. because there wasn't that much um media representation in terms of black British experience um but I also even think just speaking as like a woman as well it's like the the narratives that we saw was very much based on like a man saving you or a man just an mm, influence absolutely. of some sort of man and, and all of that and it's just like mm. I look at that and I'm like you're the reason why I obsess over like marriage <laughs> and details and things like that I mean this is things now I'm starting to dismantle and unlearn yeah, and yeah, break yeah. out from because I realise yeah. that these are the narratives that were being fed and mm. especially that ties into the fact that it was never like black females that were like the love interests as well and stuff like that so True. it even added a, another layer of insecurity as well so True. you have the fact that all of it was kind of not all of them but some shows and and the primary shows were based on like romantic narratives and then the second layer of it not being black female interest so you're like am i not attractive am i mm. i don't meet their eurocentric standards all mm, that sort of stuff mm, and i think mm. that really really played uh 
yeah made me who I, I am and like what I desire my affections and now I'm just like nope 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 all of these narratives I need to unlearn yeah. I need to unpack and I want to challenge actually yeah, I want to yeah. challenge what our young people are watching why has yeah. it got to be a man that comes in and he's like hey and then brings like yeah. some sort of philosophical like revelation and then, <laughs> yeah. then she finds herself what the yeah. heck is that you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I think that um yeah to answer Bumi's question that definitely had an impact and not a great one I'd say mm. Disney Channel have a, have a lot of questions to answer for <laughs> <laughs> boy they do, yeah, they do. what about you Jess yeah um, yeah, I was going to say, first, I think Bumi's comment about Cinderella made me laugh because it made me think <laughs> about how in my in my school production, so I was like, I really want, you know, like in year six when you do like school oh, production, I, love a good story. Yeah, I was like, I really wanted my school to do High School Musical and I was like, I know Vanessa is not black, but I will play Vanessa. She was close, <laughs> she was, like, she I was, was close, she was close, you know? she was close. Was she like I Latino just, or something? Or like, yeah, or? something like that. <laughs> close, close, something close. Like that. But I, something just like that. But um, I think it made me, I think I realised that representation and stuff, I didn't realise how much the media and seeing things really impacted me a lot till I actually went to uni. Because yeah. I think, it, I realised when I was young and I did drama and stuff, I remember like, again in school, we weren't in drama, I wasn't ever taught about black British theatre makers. It was always mm. just like, you know, like Greek mythology, the common contemporary, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Real, yeah, I mean, true. there was, we did we did touch on Stephen Lawrence, but it wasn't like the play, but it was more like how, um, what was it about his case and stuff like that. But I just remember that little thing and that mm. was it. Yeah. And I think I remember being in like, I didn't, at the time I didn't realise, um, how much I guess watching things of like slavery and stuff like that because my mum used to watch a lot of like TV yes. things mm -hmm. and I and I think I remember being like oh I want to I want to I literally said I was like oh I want to play a slave I was like I want to do a story oh. or a play where I was just like I want to be safe because and I said that because I realized that's the only black representation I saw yeah. and it felt like that's that the only black British experience I saw and it wasn't wow. until yeah. I think I got to A levels I think it was A-levels or uni, but I remember one of my friends was like to me, oh, why do you want to do that? And I was just like, I didn't understand because in my head it was thinking, oh, well, I, I didn't realise that what I was actually trying to say was I want to do a play about my experience being yeah. a black British person. Yeah, but the yeah. only like representation I had was being a slave and suffering. Mm, so I was yes. like, that's that's the only good example I have. Mm. And it only took me till I got to uni to realise that that was a problem. Yeah, do you get what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And so I, and, so it, and for that to hit me, I was just like, well, I can't even believe I said that. Mm. Or used to think that those are the plays that drew me. It was like, this play doesn't have a black person. If it's mm. got a slave, then it's like, yeah, I want to play that narrative. Mm. And I was like, that is so bad. And then going to uni as well and being one of the only black um, people in my course, I realised that, a, that affected me thinking, okay, everybody here has got this knowledge and I shouldn't really be here. I was mm. almost going to change my course. Mm. I remember going to my tutor saying, I don't think I've got the right knowledge for this yeah. because of my experience. Yeah. Um, and then I came back to London during my placement year and that's when I learned more mm. about like the arts and the London scene yeah, and the variety yeah. of stories and narratives that I was like, okay, that influenced my dissertation to want to write on Black British theatre makers. Okay. I started to find work I like. Mm. Um, and it just, yeah, I think being coming back to London and actually being in a place where there's so many diverse stories mm. allowed me to then shape, okay, these are the stories I want to tell. Because mm. I remember seeing a play called The House I Will Not Stand back at um, Kiln Theatre in Kilburn, um, North West London, for those who don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> and it was, I just remember there was just like, the whole cast was just black females who were like, wow. Um, it was set in New Orleans and it was just about like a black woman who had married a white man and stuff like that and he passed away but it was just like the narrative was about the, the mother and her daughters and about their life and I was like I absolutely love this this is mm, great and it was mm. like I want to make theatre like that that's about us that represents us yeah. and it, that can actually speak true to like who I am and yeah. what I do and yeah. I think that I guess with the work I make as well it's always like I thought for me it's like okay what is the story doing what's it saying mm. which is what I hold important whenever I'm directing something because I just like I want to make sure that I'm not just telling the story for sake of telling yeah, a story. Yeah. It's actually having an impact on people. Yeah. So yeah. No, I, I think I, that's it. Like, I realized, yeah. What you've both kind of said about 
how what you saw like just affected like what you thought and like what you wanted um mm. and it's just mad like how much like especially like when you're a kid and you're growing up like when you see someone like like you um yeah. in a particular space or like that it, you don't see people like you in a particular space it kind of just tells you that like your mind just won't go there like if i don't see a, like a black male um in a particular position then my mind isn't going to think even think about going there in the first place whereas if i's like yeah. if i see if i see someone there then it's just like oh like that could be me and like even though that may not necessarily be something that i pursue it's like i know that i could do something of the same caliber like scale i guess you guys kind of touched on it a little bit but like with the things that you saw like was there like a a dream they say narrative that's the buzzword during this conversation <laughs> like of yeah like narrative like who you could be like growing up do you, do you mean sorry just to understand that question well mean, essentially like what was like yeah, yeah like yeah. with with everything that you saw based on like everything mm -hmm. that you saw um what was there like a sort of like yeah what was like the dream you kind of aspired to like okay as growing, a child yeah as a child like growing up um i guess oh that first i wanted to be a nurse but then yeah um but then because i was just like i like helping people but then once as i said watching a lot of tv and movies back home i was like oh i want to be an actress i'm going to do that and i mm. love drama i love sort of right at the time didn't realize that i spent my hobbies writing plays and getting mm -hmm. like my siblings to perform that christmas time yeah, not yeah, realizing yeah. that's basically the role of a director i was more like oh i just love this but i don't know what it is mm -hmm. um and i think just watching programs made me go okay yeah I, it's still a dream of mine to actually go to america and like one day like mm. i don't know direct something like a marvel film or under, yeah, like at least on, the set yeah. you get what i mean yeah. like yeah. things like that i was just like i actually want to go and i thought at the time i was like i'm going to be an actor and do that I remember okay. going for an audition for like Disney Channel. I think Disney Channel were doing auditions and I went for that. I, oh, wow. And I ma made it, but then the fees were quite expensive. So I was like, all right. Okay. What was that experience um, like? So yeah, like... that was really, really cool. It was so weird because I remember it was like, it was something, it was from, um, you know, this, what's it called? The twins, the two. The Olsen twins? The Olsen, yeah. No, 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 not the Olsen twins. They were boys. Oh, Zach and Cody. Yes, Zach and Cody. <laughs> oh, it I was said that as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> It was true though, and I was like, that's where I heard the audition, and I was like, I thought that was my break, I thought this is it, I'm going oh, to America, wow. going <laughs> yeah. to Disney and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but then I guess as time went by, um, I realised that, I just, I don't know, I just had a strong desire to like be, like, be part of like the creative process and being mm -hmm. on set. Yeah. And once I actually got to uni and discovered like, okay, directing's a thing from my placement year, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I want to be a, like, I realised directing is what I like because I liked creating work, working with people, but yeah. also managing stuff. Yeah. I loved being in charge. And mm -hmm. I think by yeah. A-levels, I sort of was like, oh, I don't want to be an actor. Yeah. But everybody else in my class did. So I thought if I don't want to be an actor, then there's nothing else I can do because I didn't know yeah. there were different avenues. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, I guess from then, from, you know, I was like, okay, I want to do directing because I'm going to theatres in London and I'm like, mm -hmm. I want to be able to direct in spaces like this, like the National Theatre. That's the dream yeah. of mine. Yeah. You get what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, okay, all these massive dreams that mm -hmm. I want to actually achieve. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that sense, yeah. What about you, Renee? Like growing up, like what was like the sort of dreams that you had? Yeah, it, I, I was similar in the sense where I just, I wanted to be that so Raven, you know? Uh, I just wanted yeah, to we be, all did, yeah. We all wanted to be Raven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just, you yeah. know, see and just go out and all that stuff. But no, I wanted to be like an, like, I wanted to be on Disney Channel so bad, man. Like mm -hmm. I really, and they, I don't know if this is how you, I don't know how you got the audition, um, Jessica, but I, I, there's this, there was this company, right? And they were like, do you want to be on Disney? Yeah, that was the. Mm. 
That was, the, that was the voice. It was that one, Be as Black and Cody. But it was like Esteban's voice. Right. <laughs> I had an audition there. No, actually, it's I think so I've seen mad. that. Esteban. Yeah, no, I, I think I've actually. Yeah, no, I've actually seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. I did see and that I, actually. I did see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. so mad. I knew. I was like, this, this sounds familiar. I, I went it's down this road one time. <laughs> <laughs> and I um. I, had, I was like, mum, look, it's at this. It was at one fancy hotel, like the audition. Mm. And mm. I was like, yeah, like I want to do it. And I just didn't end up doing it. And I was like, oh, man. But obviously, like I kind of followed that pursuit of wanting to be an actress throughout GCSE to A-level mm. to even university. Until now, I still like mm. I still have a desire to act. But it's not the pressure of like, I have mm. to get my breakthrough now. I have to course, do it while yeah. I'm younger or else I'm never going to get it. Yeah. And I don't want to yeah. be like getting my breakthrough at 60. But, you know, it's... it's... <laughs> I, I mean, it could happen. It could happen. No, it can. It can. It, it can. could happen. I, I could get my breakthrough at sixty, but that was the fear that I had. That yeah. I didn't want yeah. to get my break. That oh, yeah. you know, there's a there's a perfect age, there's a perfect time. For but real. acting For doesn't real. have a legs. It's not going to run away. If I get, if God wants to use me at 60, 65, 70, then He's going to use me. At Listen, 60, some of our favorite 65. actors are in their fifties. Samuel L. Jackson. Did you hear about him? What? Didn't he start quite late? I don't know. When he was like fifty. Yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. Or Morgan Freeman and them, one of them. Man, yeah, like, yeah. Said, like our favorite actors are, are all like well into their yeah. later years. Yeah, if, if that's fair for me to put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely, yeah. and they're and they're the coldest actors as well. Mm, like, exactly. Yeah, they're the sickest. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely had a dream to be like um, just a, a, an actress and be. In fact, my dream was like. John Boyega, there's a school called, you know, mm. you probably know the school, just Identity School of Acting. I saw oh, yeah, this Donnie yeah. everywhere, every billboard, IDSA, <laughs> John Boyega, da, da, da. I said, that's me. I'm going to be no. on the billboard. Mm. I'm going to be on the next Star Wars. That's me. <laughs> and then it, but it, it got to a place where I was idolizing it. Like I was, yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. sleep, breathe acting and it was wow. so toxic. Yeah. You know, very, yeah. very toxic. Yeah. But that was a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. How, d- how did you, um, like, get out of like that toxic? idealization is that a word yeah idolatry yeah idolatry yeah idolatry even yeah (laughs) 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 I wish I was gonna accept that (laughs) (laughs) yeah like how how did you manage to get out of like yeah that um definitely through like I think it was a situation where God was humbling me instead of Mm. me humbling myself God was humbling me Mm -hmm. and it was like uh, I was I went to a part-time acting school and I was going to uni at the same time i was wow. bouncing between loughborough and london okay. to do this acting school yeah and i was just so depleted as well and t- obviously tired because it was like you shouldn't be doing those two things at the same time anyway mm, mm. um and then i got to a point where i was like mm, like i don't really like i'm not i just lost third year of uni i definitely lost my passion for acting and i was so wow. scared i was like i don't have a desire anymore and this is i got an agent i had i'm still under agency wow. i haven't talked to them okay. in a year yeah yeah yeah. bit awkward um <laughs> <laughs> but they were like I, I was like yeah i was like I don't even want these auditions. Like, I don't really want to, I don't really want to do this anymore. Mm. Um, and it just kind of fizzled out. And then maybe, and I think that that was a period where God was teaching me that I was idolizing it so much. That's why the desire and the affection for it had kind of fizzled out because yeah, I, I dr- I'd obsessed so much. I was just, my energy was just gone. I was yeah. depleted at the end of it. Yeah. So now I have a healthy relationship where I'm like, I'll go to acting classes. I'll go mm. to workshops and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and I will create and I will, and I might take the writer or I might take the direct. I'm not so obsessed about being an actor and being the lead. And also the desire came from wanting to be seen as well. Mm, I was going to mm. say. Yeah, it definitely was like I, I wanted relate, to yeah. be seen. Yeah. yeah. So that's why the obsession 
was yeah, there. Yeah. I was just like, I just want people to see me, but I didn't articulate that it was just through the acting. Like, mm. if I'm like John Boyega or Letitia Wright or Daniel Kaluuya, mm. then I'll be seen. And then people mm. wish that they paid attention to me. Mm-hmm. And it was very toxic. Mm. Yeah. Very, yeah. very toxic. Yeah. Mm. No, it's good as in like having that self-awareness to be able to like actually like realise when something isn't actually healthy like for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Like you definitely do need your dreams and aspirations, but you also need to just be okay with how life goes, to be honest. And mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of actually wanted to steer the conversation somewhere else. Go on. I was thinking like, obviously all of us here, we are black British people. Um but I was thinking, what about the other ethnicities, you know, mm-hmm. that don't get as much light? Because I know for us, it's a lot It's a lot easier for us to talk about our own experiences personally. But mm. I guess in the same way that we, you know, for a long time and even now, like, we're still, I guess, a lot of actors or directors and writers can say, like, they're really pushing to have their place, you know, um, I guess... Like, I think there are a lot has been being done about putting a lot of black people in yeah. positions. But, you know, there's still the other races where it's like, oh, they're just they're still being lightly sprinkled. And do you feel like it's your responsibility now as you guys as directors to, you know, try to tell their stories also? Or will it be do you think it's the same case? Like if we've got a majority of like white Caucasian people writing who have been trying to write other people's stories here and there for a bit, but they can't really do it too well. Um, do we do we just allow everyone to write their own stories? Like, do you feel like that's the best option for everyone to be seen? Or do you feel like you guys have the capacity to even like try to, you know? Bring it on, bring yeah. it along. I think it's such a, it's such a, I'd say it's a difficult one to answer because I think, I think we go back to the example I gave about like if you're a, I think it's okay so I guess as a creative you're either you're working as a freelancer doing your own thing mm. or you're with a building and I feel like in the case of buildings because of their missions and what they have to do as a building it's more like I guess buildings have more responsibility to be like okay we need this people we need okay let's say as you said it's a whole business thing so it's like okay this season might be like okay focusing on black history or something like that and the next season mm. we've got this asian mm. sort of actor or a director mm. so i feel like mm. with buildings it's more like okay they because i guess buildings their focus is to be able to make theater for the world is mm. to invite everybody so everybody yes. needs to be represented yeah. right i guess when you're an independent artist it's more about you and your voice does that make sense mm. and i think i think i guess but i also guess that working in buildings sometimes it is like i feel like as directors, sometimes they do think, like, some directors, their thing might be, like, um, yeah, because I know one director where it's, like, he loves, like, being able to, like, put as many different sort of people and culture on stage and, like, play with it and everything like that, even going beyond culture. Mm. And so it's, like, in his work, he will see that he will try his best to represent different people, mm. not just for the sake of representation, but because, well, I guess it is the thing, as you were saying, me of being, like, let's bring everybody along. It's not just, okay, we've just saved black people. No, that's it. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the case of, okay, we need to save Asians. We need to save white people. Well, I don't know. Well, yeah, white people being there, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but um, what's it called? So I think it does, I think it is a tough one because it does depend on like the kind of work you like because for instance, me and Esther are both black but the kind of work I'll put on stage is so different to what she'll put on stage. You get yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe Esther might Esther might be like, let's say, so let's say I was so passionate about black boys, Esther's passionate about black, black, black girls and in my work, I'm just putting black boys. Esther might yeah. be like, to me, oh just that's not right. What about the black females? Mm. But because I'm passionate about black boys, it's like, oh, well, I'm not taking that into account because that's what I'm passionate about. Mm. So I think it does just come down to what the person 
what the person is doing and I guess as an artist what what is it what do you want your work to be remembered for do you want to be remembered for making a space for everybody or is it like are you trying to support a certain sort of demographic so I think it's so it does come down to like the individual what Mm. they're part of and what they're trying to do because I think especially in a society where there's so many different like beliefs and things like that it can be you can find especially in Christian you can find sometimes that you can't some things you might not be comfortable doing or sometimes think ideas might clash because everybody is so different and yeah. that's that's just like if we everybody has a voice but there's mm-hmm. also going to be disagreements you get what i mean yeah, yeah. and i think one thing i'd say is definitely trying to understand okay we have our disagreements but how where can we meet in the middle or where mm-hmm. can we i'll accept you for your disagreement or mine mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that i'm gonna try and like be like oh, yeah bye see you later because mm. maybe it might be that i'm not the right person to direct this piece yeah, but somebody else who i but i might be like oh yeah but i know somebody who's about what you're about yeah. and i'll get them on board yeah. and i think that's the sort of that's the sort of attitude i think we need to start adopting because sometimes i feel like you can just instantly be cancelled <laughs> that yeah. makes sense yeah do you get yeah. what i mean it's like yeah. and so it's, it's like you're so nervous as to like what you want to say or what yes. you need to do yes and i think that's so it's so hard because you're kind of like I don't want to say the wrong thing for everybody to hate me, but mm. I don't I don't know how to navigate this, which is why, especially going back to what we discussed earlier, it's so important to know, like, as they always say, who you are and making sure you're not compromising yourself for this industry because it's it's so, so hard. It's mm. really hard because there's certain things that you can do and you can't do, but mm. as long as you know who you are, don't let anybody tell you who you are and just mm. be like, this is me. If you don't want to accept me, then that's fine. Then I'm yeah. not the right person for you. For you. It's, it's yeah. good what you kind of say about like knowing like I guess like who you are and like what yeah. you're there for so like yeah it kind of ties in quite nicely to the next question we wanted to ask like Renee like what would you say for you has been like your motivation for wanting to go into like writing and directing uh I'd say that my mo well I feel like storytelling in general is just it's just I'm it's something that I can express myself through. It's just a channel in which I can express myself through. I've never yeah. really been good at a lot of things. Like I'll, I'll be real, mm. I'm not, I'm mm. not, you know, that mm. brainy and stuff. But mm. give me a pen and paper, and you know, I'm, I'm, and I was even talking to my mentor the other day. I was like, mm. is I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm like, I will find it hard to articulate my emotions and have conversations with like, I don't know, my sister or my mom, or if they've, they've, they've you know upset me or if, if it's a trauma mm. but if i can put that in a poem and you yeah. know exactly what i'm saying i can put that That's in a peaceful. play and you will know exactly what i'm saying yeah and yeah it is it's, it's a powerful tool that we have language and storytelling and so mm. when i found that i could do that and i could do it well mm. i just thought i'm gonna go to any place that would allow me to just do just that and mm. i haven't found a lot of well i have I, i'd say i have found some spaces that have allowed me to do that there are a lot of um theatres and Jessica you know a lot of theatres that do programs and spaces for young people just to create and to mm-hmm. express and to mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff so I'd say that yeah and, I, and I, I can't I can't really tell you like a specific period in my life where I was like the the it, it just kind of ticks for me like yep this is I know what I want to do mm-hmm. I think it was kind of married with the acting and wanting to like perform and tell stories through there and then when I started writing because I was tired of waiting for roles to come and mm-hmm. I didn't really want to go for auditions like that mm-hmm. I was like wow like this writing I might just have to be in my writing bag now I'm, I'm mm-hmm. good at it I enjoy yeah. it yeah people are like you're good I'm like really I'm shy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. and I'm just like and then I, and then I got confident and I was like oh I'm a writer mm-hmm. then yeah I'm a writer I'm just gonna go with it so yeah. I don't put like I don't say aspiring writer I don't mm. say aspiring filmmaker. I say I'm a writer. Yes, and that's it. I like that. Yeah, and, like and to be yeah. honest, like you just saying that, like that's what people take you as. Like if you're just like, mm, I'm just trying a little bit, just mm. like I think 
you both of you like putting yourselves out there like that's how people receive you like the Mm. work you do like we take you seriously we're not just like what is this we you know we love the work that you do and like the meaning behind it um for real what about you Jess what have been like your motivation um I think I think a range of things a bit like what um Esther said I think it is I guess as I said talking about when I was younger I just loved when I wanted to be an actor, as I say, it was a fact of being like, oh, I love being on stage. I love feeling confident. I love telling this story and being like this character. And I just love the whole process of it. And I think that's what I've loved about it because it can be stressful being a, doing a production and everything. Yeah. But I was just like, I just love like actually being on stage and watch, thinking about, okay, how are we going to put this creative vision? And mm. I'm reading a script, but as a director, when I read scripts, I'm seeing it visually, mm. which is like when I write, sometimes I find it so hard because I'm like, I just want this to be perfect. I need yeah, to put it on stage. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I think what, I guess what keeps going for me is like, A, how far I've come. Because I'm like, mm. on the days I'm just like, okay, you know what? I need money. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I was like, go on. I know you gave me this, but it's not getting me anywhere right now. Yeah. But sometimes I just think like the moments in my life, like I remember um, the introduction to directing course I did on my placement year. Mm-hmm. I remember when I, I missed a deadline for it because um, my... Um, What's it called? I think that day I'd gone to so many fairs about theatre that I was like, I don't want to think about theatre anymore. Mm-hmm. It's too much. Um, and then my department, the department I was in, um, said that they, oh, they could email the guy to see if he'll still accept like your application. Though it's like a couple of, it's a couple of hours late. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know if I want to do it. Mm-hmm. I never really thought about directing. And then when I did that, I got into it. Everybody on the course was like, oh, I want to be a director. And I was like, oh, I'm just here. I don't really know what's happening, yeah, kind of a yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, and it was like 150 applicants and only like 20 of you got chosen. Mm-hmm. And then when I got into it, I was just like, oh my gosh, that's mad. Yeah. And every time I sort of doubt myself, I think about that moment thinking that I actually, it wasn't really a part of that. And I just say, like, I thank God because it's things like that that I go, okay, everything I've done, it can't be for nothing. Yeah, and definitely. I know that there's so much I want to like do when I think, as I said to you, when I have my aspirations of being like, I'd love to direct at this place or this theatre, yeah, yeah. I'm like, until I achieve that, I can't give up. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. So for me, it's like, that's what pushes me. Yeah. I'm still, I mean, I'm saying this, we'll see where I am. It might be no, involved, but God's great. <laughs> I'd be like seeing yeah. it. So I think it's just, it's just knowing that I haven't achieved what I wanted to achieve yet. Yeah. We'll try that out. Mm. And the things, and just the things I want to do and the level I want to get to yeah. is what keeps me going. And knowing that we need, I guess my thing of being like, I want to see a, a black females who are professional at a professional level mm. on international stages. It's like, mm. I want to be, I want to be able to do that. It's not about being the first. It's just going, yeah. we can, yes. we can actually tell these stories, you know, yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? And we yeah. are here. We're not just here for little things. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. what keeps me going, no, I guess. It. I love that. So, yeah. yeah. So wait, Jess, is that what you'd say yeah. you're most passionate about? Like telling the stories of black females um, and just seeing them getting um, to places? I think, I think I am passionate about being able to get black females to places mm. um, and being able to give us that training that we need because I think I'm, I'm I guess people are like just fake it till you make it I don't really go by that mm-hmm. I'm kind of like no. I want to make sure I've got the skills <laughs> I've practiced and I'm, yeah. I like being prepared basically yeah. Yeah, 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 and yeah. so I think it's important for me to make sure people are trained but um, I think I am I'm passionate I think I'm really passionate about the kind of stories that I tell and what impact it has. Mm. This is because I think, as I mentioned before, it's more like, okay, how does it resonate with the person I'm saying it? When I'm making a piece, I'm looking at the audience, how they're receiving it. Because mm-hmm. the way you receive it makes me go, okay, where has where has something not worked? Yeah. Or what has not impacted them or what I intended it did not work? Because I want you to be able to be like, okay, cool. I've experienced this story. Let's have a conversation about it. Or what yeah. does this play teach us about our world? Yeah. And so that's what makes, that's what keeps me passionate about the kind of stories I tell. Yeah. Um, and being, it just so happens to be that me being a black female and being Christian and stuff like that, those are the kind of narratives I've started off with, mm. if that makes sense. And so that's like what a lot of my work comes under because it's about my experience. Yeah. And because I guess I haven't probably seen somebody like 
like me being like somebody like Jessica Mensa, yeah. my story, my lifestyle on stage, yeah. Yeah. if that makes yeah. sense. So it's like a lot of my, and I think a lot of artists who start out, a lot of their work begins with them and who they are mm. because it's so unique. That's true. Um, mm. So yeah, so I guess that's a range of my passions mm. and interests. Mm. Yeah. yeah nice that's lovely mm. and yourself renee like what are you most passionate about in the industry or in what narratives are you like or maybe in this moment because i mean in decades like we'll have grown so much but in this moment like what has your heart mm. i like how you phrased that question what has your heart yeah oh. very poetic <laughs> 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 Um, yeah, I'd say that um, it, it'd be again. I'm really not trying to cut this girl's idea. <laughs> Jessica, <laughs> like, okay, oh okay, God. we in this together. Sorry for okay? bringing you both on together. <laughs> we can have the same passion. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like um, I definitely say black female narratives are something yeah. I'm definitely passionate about. And strangely enough, it's something I haven't actually explored in any of my work. I've actually mm. explored black males. I thought so. And yeah. black boys, mm. and I'm just like. Mm. Mm, that's interesting and I actually started to interrogate that why am I using because sometimes I do use my I guess my questions and channel it through a black man and I'm like why have I chose to do that and I'm yeah. like is this like do I need therapy is this something like is there something deeper in this but yeah, yeah, no yeah. Th- that's that's what been my that's what my work has kind of like been and, I, and I'm just like no like this is not this is not, this is what is, is great and it's, I'm passionate about that stuff, but it's not mm. like what Boom said at the heart of what I want to do. Yeah. And mm. so um, at the heart of, of, of what I want to do is tell um, like just stories that are not, that are just untold, I guess. And, and we all, and we all have untold stories yeah. because we're all unique. Mm. And I feel like the more specific you are about the story you tell, the more like nuanced and specific about the experience that that character is experiencing and you're, you know, trying to use as like a vessel like the more relatable and the more um kind of empathetic people will feel towards it because mm. it's like mm. if i'm just doing a general girl she's funny she goes through a lot she did it mm. but the more specific you are about it i find like the more kind of like comp- that's those are the stories that i'm drawn to i'm drawn to yeah. like yeah. character driven story and they're clump- complex and they're nuanced and they're not just surface level evil there's evil because of what's happened in x y and z yeah. Mm. Yeah. so yeah. those are the type of stories that i'm compelled to but i also like, like um, we mentioned, we we're talking earlier about in terms of like different kind of ethnicities and mm-hmm. you know people and stuff like that. And I yeah. don't want to kind of like, I definitely don't. I, <laughs> what should I say? I don't think that I have it in me to tell st- a story of a brown woman or an Asian yeah. woman or yeah. what. I, yeah. I don't. I don't think if it's not necessary, I'm not going to tell it. Okay. And yeah. if my yeah. character happens to be brown and I'm like she's mm. a, for whatever reason, then she is. But mm. I feel like sometimes. I, yeah we, we do things and it's just because we're trying to throw a diversity quota yeah. and stuff yes. like that and yeah. it's like yeah let's 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 not do that and i feel like if you can if i feel like you're you're a mature artist if you can write a story about a brown or asian or chinese woman or, or whatever mm. or an indigenous person it could be anyone right and it's not not your race right mm. and if you hand it to someone else like this is a story i've written but it's not in my ability my power or my right to tell the story but i've written it Mm. you do what you will i think that speaks mm. a lot of the yeah. artist it's wow. not about mm. me my name being on the credit i'm telling course, the story yeah. i'm directing yeah. i'm doing that i'm it's, it's about where you feel like the story belongs to as mm. well so you wow. might be compelled yeah. to write a story about a, a, a asian woman indigenous person whatever mm. but do you need to tell the story do you need to go further than like you know doing the production and all that stuff could you hand it to someone who probably is more experienced could you know 
go into like create a writer's room of other people of that ethnicity and really get into the heart of the story and actually start mm. fleshing it out there that that's mm. that's my question like yeah. do i need to tell that story and if i've written it can i hand it to someone who can tell it better than me and who will mm. take care of it yeah. and who can like steward it do you know what i mean yeah so yeah. Yeah, that's my that thing. maturity. Yeah. yeah, it takes yeah, a lot of maturity, a lot of humility. Yeah. A lot of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like in your own ability as well. Yeah. Because I think sometimes, because yeah. I guess with the experiences that I've had with like writing music, for example, I think like when I compare myself to like other artists um, around me, I know that like sometimes I just look at other people and it feels like they've got songs like on tap. Like they just turn it on and then the song, the lyrics just start coming. Whereas for me, it's like, Sometimes, like when I get something, I have to hold on to it for dear life because like, I don't know when I'm gonna get like mm. the next bit of inspiration yeah. or whatever. But like being actually, it takes a, a, like obviously we're all Christians, so like trusting God that like He's given you this. So like if He wants you to, do, if He wants to do something for you, like He'll do it. Like as long as you let Him, like rather than just oh, holding yeah. on to things for dear life. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like kind of, kind of rounding up, but also just what you were talking about, Renee. Um, like well kind of not just not telling stories by force but and telling the same stories even whether it's in music but i was going to ask why do you think we see people constantly telling the same stories whether it's you know black people and the slavery that they faced or all the suffering and struggles that um you know we've had and have um but to be honest like i feel like it's not too complex like it is definitely a power thing like even in music or business like people can see okay this makes me money like mm. and they just recycle and recycle and yeah i guess it's, it is there is that do you feel like there's the struggle to get new concepts in like do you both as directors feel like it's difficult to present something like quite specific and different like do you feel like you do have to slightly include um like ideas elements. that are a bit mainstream and that have been seen before like is that just part mm. of the process you just include you know i think i think it depends because everything depends i think it depends <laughs> because um i think if you're right if you're writing a story i guess it depends for you what's important to you when you're writing it because at the end of the day whatever you're making like i i know i know for a fact that if I make something, not everybody's going to like it. And yeah. that's just reality. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. But that's fine because it wasn't it wasn't meant for everybody. Do you get mm, what I mean? Yeah. So it's I think it's a case of just knowing, OK, what is it? What is it that you're what's it called? I, yeah, I think it just depends what you're interested in writing, because if you're interested in sort of um, looking for a mainstream audience then your work will speak to that. Mm. But I also think it can be I don't know if you're trying to ask for me whether it can be hard to sort of come up with new ideas. Mm. If that makes sense. And sometimes mm. you might recycle it because it might be like, like, for instance, we can say that there's so many stories about, like, like for instance, a lot on, like, sort of black females' hair. But mm. what makes them different is, I guess, how they've presented that story. Because mm. I think sometimes I thought, oh, I want to make something on black females' hair, but then everybody's yeah. done it. So like, there's yeah. no need for mine. But when you think about it, I think it's a thing of people saying, like, a market, you might think, say, like, a market that's put certain areas sort of oversaturated. Mm. But it's the fact that it doesn't matter. It's, like, what's your unique selling point or what's yeah. your unique story? Because mm. I guess you're, because as you said, we're all Christians here. But... I could tell, if we all made four different stories, it'd be different because we're all different. Mm. And don't like me and Bumi go to the same church, but our experiences are so different because our groups are so yeah. different. Mm. And so I think it's just remembering that that even though your topic's been said, because everything has been done, if you think about it, it's just yeah. how yeah. you tell that story or yeah. what perspective you're bringing to it, yeah. which is what makes it different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's really, really good. I guess like on a lighter note, like what has been like yeah. the proudest projects, projects that you guys have done or been a part of? 
I'd it's a hard question. And not that I have like <laughs> loads of projects in my mm. bank, like which one to pick. I've, yeah. I've only only done like a few, mm. but I I definitely would say um, the project that I done with the fifty six black men. I'm most proud of okay. because yeah. of the context in which it was created in, mm. um, and actually it's actually one of my the work that i'm most proud of in terms of like visually and aesthetically yeah and it's made with an iphone which is weird because Mm. i made my first short film double edge with like a whole crew and a whole cast and stuff like that oh thank you yeah i really really loved it yeah yeah i I, um and shout out to tender because he performed a little (laughs) song at the the screening um but yeah and um yeah, I, I'd say I'd, I'm, I'm more proud of 56 black men, even mm. though Double Edge will always be in my heart because it's been like my first project because yeah. it was a micro short film and it was like filmed with people that I know, like mm. my cousins and like my neighbours yeah. and like, yeah. my cousin's friends and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was really speaking to what was going on during the time and I'd made it a year prior but didn't know that it was going to resonate wow. now. Yeah. So that a lot yeah. of things, like even spiritually, God was was doing something and orchestrating something that I didn't know mm. was going to become this thing. Mm. Um, and also, I think it's, it has impacted a lot. Not a, Well, the people that have spe- spoken to me about it have mm. been like really impacted by it and said wow like this is profound and i've and if we're speaking in terms of like um i don't know what word to use but like uh like uh, i'm trying to think of a word to, to <laughs> use but in terms of like films and film festival in the, in the film circuit and stuff like that mm-hmm. festival circuit and stuff it's been received well mm. as well mm. um and like they're, they're honest they're like okay so it's not the most visually like prestigious film mm. but your words are powerful yeah you use very yeah. simple things it was mm. made on a shoestring but like mm. you made you use very simple things to tell a story mm. and i think it's a story that doesn't just show struggle like we are black men and we fight this and we, blah, blah 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 but it shows our hope because it's a land where they there is a the the, the um what's it called the little log line is a land of higher ce- ceilings and ferocious dreaming where black yeah. men can have higher ceilings and where mm. they can dream ferociously and as and, and there's colors and all these poetic abstract things that are put in it so like mm, mm, mm. yeah i think that um i think i'm most proud of that and also i wrote a poem called mumsy and a girl messaged me and she was like i'm crying i just read your poem and it was really wow. random i was like you cried yeah. yes <laughs> success <laughs> so yeah i'd say those those two projects yeah oh, um i'd say i think i'd say my recent one which was i stand proud the piece that um mm. oh i wrote because yes. i was like yeah oh, thanks because <laughs> um, i was like because that one sort of started off as it was a piece i made at uni which is part of my final year piece so it's part of a theater performance yeah and i think after uni i was thinking oh that's something i want to like record it and i remember asking one of my friends the film director to help me and it just wasn't every time we tried to do the project it just wasn't coming i was like god yeah. why is this taking so long i don't yeah. know yeah. and i thought forget it then during the pandemic, I then applied for funding and they got funding for it. And I was just mm. like, okay, let me do it. And I was a bit nervous because I was just like, as I said, I like to plan. But when I went, I went, I did it with my friend Navardo and we mm. just went to like Notting Hill Gate area. And I was like, I generally didn't have a, a proper plan. Yeah, I was like, yeah. so we're just going to, I just knew like visually what I wanted. But, yeah. and because I'd never done like film before in that way. Mm-hmm. So I was really nervous and I was just like, what, how do people do this? It's like this whole film was so like, yeah. so different to theatre. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think, and I think we just, I just learned a lot through that process mm. and just knowing that. It was lovely that I had a plan, but most of my ideas for it came when we were actually in the space. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was just really, I think, as Esther said, it's really nice when you hear how people receive your work. Because I think when you're in the process, as part of me was just like, 
I don't want to do this anymore. Why am yeah. I doing this? Yeah. I think even yeah. my editor was just like, no, I can do better. We'll redo it. And I thought we're not redoing mm. it. I was like, I know that all these pieces aren't making sense, but there, needs, yeah. there is something in here to make a great story. And that's yes. what we're going to have to do. Mm. Um, so I was really proud of that, that yeah. piece. Um, yeah. No, that's lovely. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I think like it's always, we all need the projects, Any anything, like even if like we all feel like we're not too far ahead in whatever career path that we want to be or whatever it is that we're pursuing but yeah. Yeah. being able to hold on to something to continue to drive yourself like like we actually need you guys like you both oh, in the positions you. that you are oh, um, thanks. yeah because really like a lot of we spend a lot of time consuming media mm. like subconsciously even mm. like I, I might just have Netflix on in the background but you know the path that you guys are on and just telling stories like we need true, authentic and wholesome um, stories yeah, being told. Definitely. And ones that hopefully like the the next generations can grow up to and see like life isn't just so, I don't know. There are so many different paths essentially. And like by you guys telling your narratives and other people's narratives, um, it's just making it's just make I don't want to say it's making this world a better place um <laughs> but it is making no. this world a better place uh, Sonny, that that is that is what we're trying to do <laughs> no, but it, it it really is we have um, another feature called loss or lesson and essentially we get um guest to describe an L they took during the week and the lesson <laughs> the lesson they learned from okay, it. what L did I take to you this week oh gosh or not during the week as in like maybe recently in life. yeah like yeah yeah oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure there are many guys I'm, I'm sure. sure there are many but no, you know when you're like are. oh <laughs> you're black I've, I've okay I've taken a oh, few oh actually this yeah I know happened. what <laughs> they this both just came at the same time yeah no my one is basically sometimes like i get an app week subscription month subscription is like at this date you know you, you know you have to pay but you get seven days free or you get mm, yeah. 30 days free yeah <sighs> guys i got this um i don't know this software or this website and it was like basically all it does is it it changes the format of your file from like jpg to like png that's all it does and i'm sure there's other free <laughs> oh, yeah 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 guys yeah. tell me why i've paid 80 pounds uh, what for a year for a year yeah uh, but like there's there's a free way i can do it through like my my laptop sorry. but i didn't know my friend was like you know there's a I said, Shh. yeah sorry man i'm sorry 80 pounds i just put oh, that i think the same thing might have happened to me today because there was, there was one that um it's like this no. you can get like um what's the word like um, royalty free music so like it's like free music basically and i was planning on using it for like the pod and stuff like that but basically like the date that i got it was the 21st so today but because it's a weekend it hasn't come off my account yet so i don't know if i cancel it today whether by the time tomorrow comes around i'll be calm or if it's like it will just come off automatically tomorrow and then if i cancel it it will come for the next month so i kind of got fingers crossed for that hoping that's not an, that's not an l basically i hope that's not an l yes. <laughs> I, I rebuke wow. it in Jesus' name. No L. No L. What about you, Jess? Did you get one? Um, I was thinking of a couple. Yeah. I have to. I guess you can choose which one to go with. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know what to say. So yeah. the the first one actually happened to me a long time ago, but it mm. came to mind. Um, I don't even know. Actually, maybe Bumi might know this. So basically, when I was younger, um, there was once where um. My mum was like ironing and stuff like that. And mm. then she was ironing. And she told my older brother to turn off the iron. But I was like, no, I can do it. Don't worry, I can do it. So I got the iron, turned it off. And I was like, see mum, I could turn it off. 
And to show her that the iron wasn't hot, I was like, see, I can turn it, turn it off and then put the iron straight on my hand. No. Ah. And then... No. No. <laughs> okay, no, that's not... I thought no. you were going to say straight on my tongue. I was and I was just like, I don't remember what happened. No, all I remember was my dad took me straight to the bathroom, oh, yeah, pull it down. Then we went to the oh. hospital, and then I just remember to the hospital. And that's what I remember coming out, and then we were like at the chip shop. That's what I remember. Oh, <laughs> I don't remember yeah, anything no. else. But what I learned was don't mm. do that. Don't, now <laughs> just, it's like just, it's just effective how I pick up the iron. Oh pick my it goodness! Honestly, honestly. Yeah, that episode was really good, man. I love how self-aware both of them were when it came to knowing their passions and not simply following the trend of what's popular. Mm, yeah, and it was good to learn that representation isn't just about being seen, but having your story told. Yeah, no, I love that. Well, if you enjoyed that, then please leave a review. Use the hashtag Rooted and Established and join our community over on Instagram at Rooted and Established underscore. Peace. Bye.